the State College Football Podcast. Wait a second, guys. Whoever said you had to be good to play football? With Lions Digest Football beat writer, Nathan Grilla. This is incredible. They got the guards in the backfield. They got the center to the right. And, and the quarterback isn't even there. They're standing around, bud. And former freshman football assistant, Nicholas Hoshwalter. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Hello and welcome to the sixth episode of the State College Football Podcast. I'm Nick Hosalter. And I am Nathan Grella. And we are back and it is football season. How exciting it is, is that? football season, my dudes. Yeah. Let's go. Actually, and on my article, which you can check out, I said it was football season. My brother's like the little like chipmunk meme. Uh-huh. Nobody knows what I'm talking I, about. I don't. Just I'm sorry. Google, Google I like really the don't. chipmunk on a bench meme. Um, Hopefully, this is the first and last time we'll talk about that subject matter on this podcast. Yeah, but, but it's, yeah, it's... It's good. In any case, uh, we apologize. You know, we pretty much haven't had. A, I don't think we've had one come out in August. Um, I've actually had some health problems. I came out of heart surgery recently, so I was in the hospital for a while. Couldn't really do much, and just between that and scheduling issues, we haven't been able to get out um, some of the episodes that we were hoping to before the season started. But uh, we're here. I was at the beach for like a while. <laughs> so that's his excuse. Yeah. But As I we was actually we actually got together. Hospital. We actually got together to record an episode, and then we were like, "Ah, there's not really much news coming out right now." And then, like the next day, the Altoona Mirror, um, stay call or the Altoona Mirror like high school football blitz came out. Yeah, and we were like, "Oh, crap!" <laughs> <laughs> and by that time, you know, of course, scheduling happens, and you know, it gets difficult, but. Enough of those excuses. We're here to talk about football. And um, so, big news. Start of the season, Mifflin County. Um, I'm sure most of you guys that are listening to this podcast as loyal football fans are familiar with how that game went. It went just about as well as we'd expect it to. And that's not sarcasm. I was crazy. I predicted like a 55-17 score. And I didn't take into account that we would just give up after the second or after the first half. So... And I by, should I should take that into account when we play like teams like Chambersburg. And by give up we mean, you know, having We gave up. Well not quite. Well, <laughs> we decided that it wasn't important to score a crap ton of points anymore. Yeah. Which is fair considering the fact that, you know, it got to the point where it's thirty five nothing and then we're kinda like, Well, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we are right now. Yeah. Uh, just going um going to talk about some other scores from around the league before we delve into the game review. Um, I was not there because, again, I was at the beach. Ha. Shame on me. But Nick was there, and he did a great job of tweeting out all the updates. He kept really in-depth notes. So, yeah, if you guys, If you guys want to get um, pretty up-to-date information on the games, basically as live as I can do, um, follow me at Nick Haas 75 I'll try to get video. finally got a Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I caved in, got a Twitter. So you can um, you can follow me for score updates, halftime reviews, notable players, um, big plays, pretty much anything that would be interesting in a football game if you're yeah. not watching or listening. Oh, yeah, also some news. We are officially Western PA Football Review certified. Yeah. Which is, I'm, I'm very Fantastic. happy about that. This is... Such a big opportunity. We're going to be able to post this podcast on that site. So we're going to get a lot more listens than we usually do because of that. Um, yeah, our good friend Billy Splain contacted Nathan. And he was like, do you want to be an intern for me? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and of course, yeah, so, we're very, very excited about that. Um, it's some, great yeah. to get some confirmation. You know, We've been putting in quite a bit of work into this. Yeah. So it's nice to... To see some people recognizing that. Um, we're actually working on... We're hoping to be at all the away games this year. We're obviously going to be at all the home games. Yeah. Um, right Making now, that. we're working on getting busing. Yeah. So next working week on that four-hour drive, man. Yeah. Next week to New Jersey, we'll be there, hopefully. And I will send out updates as per last week. And 
we'll do an episode and write an article. So we've got lots of media. Basically, we're going to be the only reporters from State College there next week. Hopefully. It's just going to be us and the announcers. So we're going to have be a, fun. We're going to have a leg up on everybody. Maybe we should stop Nick Haas from tweeting. Just <laughs> hold off the information so everybody has to come to us for everything. Don't worry. We won't do that. We might do that. We won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, Western PA Football Review certified real great. And um, Western PA Football Review does a really good job with articles like that. They get high schoolers from all around the state to cover their teams. Um, and it's just a great site. On the site, you can find updated scores, which is where I got these scores for the rest of Pennsylvania about our rivals and stuff. Yeah, and of course, they also have great articles. Yeah. I think we've been using them since, what, week two of this podcast? Yeah, when we talked about Ramsey Kithlos. Yeah. Western PF football. Yeah. So... Other PA football scores. Holidaysburg, we play them after St. Augustine. They put a whooping at Altoona, which... Holidaysburg is a 5A team, and I, I didn't think... I think they were overranked at number 5, but apparently they were not, because they went out and... They gave up 27 points against Holidaysburg, but they also scored 42. And they got a powerful offense... Um, I don't. I think their offense is probably the best we're gonna see in the first three weeks. Oh, yeah, it's. We don't. We don't really know much about Saint Augustine, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um. Hol- Holidaysburg, they got a great quarterback. They got great receivers. They they got a great running back. So, looking forward to that game because our front seven might have their hands full with them. Yeah. And that they, they got a good chance of winning five A, states. I I can feel it. So. Wow, that's that's big. I got a pretty good chance. Hey, so moving on. This is the most confusing <laughs> okay, score so. of the entire thing. So I'm I'm sitting there during the game, and my dad leans over and he's like, because you know he he went with me to the game. He was taking notes for me and all that kind of stuff. So shout out, he was a great help while I was tweeting. So he's like, hey, Central Mountain beat Williamsport sixty-two to twenty-six. I was like, wow. Williamsport actually was overrated. Actually, no. I'm sorry. Before we get it, the whole point of this is that um, Max Preps got the score wrong. Max Preps gets a lot of things wrong. That's why you should follow Western BF Football Review. Because Max Preps scores are a lot wrong. <laughs> so, I, it, it wasn't even... They didn't even get the right the right numbers. They thought they said that Williamsport lost 35 to 7 and in reality they won 62 to 26 over Central Mountain. Yeah. So, it wasn't like, oh, they just put the wrong numbers for the wrong team. They just put they the got wrong the num- wrong yeah. numbers down straight up. So, yeah. And there was this there was this huge buzz like, oh my gosh, Williamsport was actually overrated at you know, turns in the top out they 10. were definitely not. Yeah, they they put up sixty two points against Central Mountain, which sixty two points is a lot, no matter who you're playing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like it's hard to say that they're definitely top, you know, top ten, top five material at this point, but they've definitely opened our eyes. And Max Preps did not do anything to help that because yeah. we thought it was a big upset. It turns out they were just wrong. Um, but Western PA Football Review corrected the max prep story yeah. and <laughs> so just to recap Williamsport 62 Central Mountain 26 moving on I I'm on one side of the fence of this and Nick is on the other side of the fence um I'm probably wrong but apparently Pine Richland had the guts to play the number one team in the country IMG Academy who is by far the best. Every player on their team is being recruited by D1 school. They have 14 four stars, five five stars, or five or seven, I don't know. But they, they have a really good team. And Pine Richland thought they had the guys to go against them. And they were very, very All right. wrong. All right, let me say, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think that Pine Richland did it because they thought they were going to win. I don't know. Maybe they did. I, I don't know that much about Pine Richland. But I think anytime you're expecting to be IMG Academy as a public school, you're in for a different experience. Um, honestly, I think that they just did it for, you know, maybe a little bit of publicity just to get a tough game on the schedule. Well, um, they play Hemfield next week. So, like, 
you could have just taken a bye and you still would have had a good schedule. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess they want to make it tough on themselves. Hey. Yeah. I think... I don't like Pine Richland, so I'm going to take this as a positive. I mean, some people hate on IMG Academy because they're like the Patriots and people don't like success or whatever. I like They're sick of Alabama winning all the time and they're like... Well, success gets old. Oh, here's a fun you fact. Should, you should. Here's a fun fact. Reward for you guys. success, even if it's not fair. The Alabama Crimson Tide and the New England Patriots have never won a championship in the same year. Fun fact. There's a good chance that'll happen this year. There's a good chance that'll happen every year. I am closing <laughs> my ears and not listening to you because yeah. that's not going to happen. Well, yeah. Even though IMG, even though all these prep schools, it's not fair how they recruit players, but. It, you you got to reward success at some point. So, yeah. I'm probably turning around my opinion from, like, the, our last podcast, but I just don't like Pine Richland. Sorry. <laughs> I dislike both of them, but if it comes down to public versus private and a private school using its leverage to whoop a public school, even if the public school is Pine Richland, got to stick with them. Yeah. So. I guess the real question would be, if Pine Richland had your Kovic... Would they have? Would they have given them a game? I say no. I they would have put up some points on the board. I don't think it would have been forty-two nothing, but I I don't think they would win. I yeah, yeah. If if IMG came up in November, would they have a shot to win? Now that is a question. <laughs> uh, Last game of the season. Freezing rain, a little bit of snow on the ground. That would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I think they'd still need Jerkovic in November to yeah. stand a chance. Yeah. But they're they're there's they have such a young team right now and there's I they were so they're so overrated. Not Pine not Richland. To, Pine Richland is really overrated right now. I could I can understand that. But we'll we'll see how it ends up. They play Hempfield this week. I'm well, well, we're going to pick games later. I think Hemfield has a good shot for this one. Um, moving on. North Allegheny, who was also in the playoffs last year and was in the previews for 6A, like, top 10. Um, they beat Prep and Fitness Academy. Which is... <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not a complete... I mean, I, I don't go out of my way to, like, fully research all of the, you know, names in football around the state. But I gotta say, Prep and Fitness Academy, I've never heard of that, and I feel like there's a good reason why, because that's a very obscure-sounding, interesting school. <laughs> yeah. Um, much in the same light, Erie was uh, predicted top 10 in the 6A, and they got pounced on by a McKeesport. <laughs> um, yeah, forty-five to twenty-six. So, yeah. got beat by hefty margin. You know, still not as bad as you know some of these other games on here. But obviously, you get beat by that. There's some questions yeah, was, walking out. Keysport didn't even make uh, playoffs last year. So, Erie, Erie's got to look at that one hard. Because yeah, for sure. For a team that got predicted in the playoffs this year, top 10 this year, and made the playoffs last year. So Yeah. Move, the uh, next one's a really fun one. Yeah, I was following this all Saturday morning because we can only watch Harrisburg games on Saturday mornings. Apparently. And don't you love it? And Coatesville. Man, Coatesville is looking like the real deal right oh, now. Oh, yeah. They got sure. guys. I mean, it, when you hear the score, you have to understand that Coatesville is an incredibly talented football team. And despite Harrisburg's success the last couple years, um, they just couldn't match. So, final score, 37-6, to Coatesville. I mean, really yeah. shut them down. Kane Everson, who is probably the only really good player on Harrisburg, was I heard he really struggled. So this Yeah, that's is, not good. That's not good at this all. This is real bad for Harrisburg, and I feel for him real deeply. If you can, but I gotta say, I despite you, this, you you cannot discount them from anything when we yeah. play them because you know they the thing about Harrisburg they have a natural is advantage. That's they, it. And the other thing is they ought 
you know, Harrisburg's a team that usually gets a lot of natural talent. Yeah. So even if a lot of natural athleticism, especially. So, you know, even if they're not looking quite as sharp this year, they're always, in my opinion, going to be a pretty dangerous team. So. All right. And moving on to another team on my schedule. We actually played them last this year. But Cumberland Valley lost to Bishop McDevitt 48-21. to Bishop McDevitt is a good team. Uh, but Cumberland Valley did not look good in this game. So, Bishop McDevitt either will, is really, really good, or Cumberland Valley is really, really not good. And I don't know which way to feel, one way or the other. Yeah, we know Cumberland Valley has lost a lot of their starters, lost a lot of talent. But, you know, one thing to note about them is they're kind of like Iowa or Wisconsin, I, I feel, in college football. You know, they don't get a lot of those real big-name players. And by get, I mean have, because they're a public school, of course. But they have really top-of-the-line coaching, and they're some of the best disciplined football team, one of the best disciplined football teams in the mid-pen. I mean, you rarely ever see them get penalties. You know, they're extremely well-coordinated. And you see that in their formations, of course, which is pretty unique for our division. Um, but this year, it just doesn't at least right now, it hasn't worked out quite as well. I think you definitely got to see a couple more games in the season before you can draw any conclusions, though. Because like we said, Bishop McDevitt's a phenomenal team. Bishop McDevitt. And one thing we know about Cumberland Valley is that, you know, they they can let scores run away from them if they start, you know, losing their structure. So, you know, it's not that. We can't really say much right now, but it's definitely something to keep your eyes on in the next weeks. Bishop McDevitt made it to the 4A round of 8 before they lost to Burks Catholic, which we will talk about later in the podcast as they are playing our, actually a team that we're going to talk about in two games, so probably about five minutes actually. But uh, moving on, Chambersburg wants to play the easiest out-of-conference schedule that they can. And they're going to get their two wins that way. Because they absolutely crushed Greencastle Antrim, another terrible team. And uh, they just put a whooping on them, 48-13. Not much to say about this. They're trying to pad their schedule, I think. And maybe After going winless last year. Yeah, and maybe just build a little bit of um, a winning mindset among the team. You know, when you go 0-10, that's... It's difficult as a football player. You know, I'm sure many of you that listen to this podcast are football players. You can probably think back on, you know, some of the toughest losses, but having that for an entire yeah. season is really draining. So going out and whooping a team is good for morale at least, even if it doesn't make your team look as nice. Yeah, and they're playing Southwestern this week, and Southwestern got absolutely destroyed by Gettysburg, and Gettysburg's Ooh. not that good. That's gonna be that's gonna, <laughs> so that's gonna be a game to watch for for sure. So if you like two watching two really bad teams, watch that game. <laughs> not to not to diss on Chambersburg, but they're not very good. Uh, moving on, Central Dauphin. Actually, I shouldn't read this one, but Central Dauphin won twenty three to seven to Wilson. That was my idea. Don't don't blame Nick on that one. <laughs> but Wilson was actually a playoff team last year in 4A, and Central Dolphin beat them, and that's actually really good momentum for them. I think yeah. this could really help them, especially they got a really tough game coming up as they play Burks Catholic. Yeah. And Burks Catholic went into the Final Four of 4A, where they lost to eventual champions Cathedral Prep. Which... You all know Cathedral Prep, they're a powerhouse. Yeah, they're all Catholic schools, so. Yeah. <laughs> you don't really see Catholic schools as much in 6A because it's harder to build the finances to pay for a football team that size. So, yeah. really, again, in the lower A schools, you're going to see a lot more Catholic schools dominating. And uh, Burks yeah. Catholic is one of those teams. Yep. And Cathedral Prep, and, you know all of those that you've all heard of. Yep. And then we got a little bit of an oddity. I don't really know how good Mechanicsburg is, but Carlisle killed them. 46-7. to Uh, Do you know how good Mechanicsburg is? 
<laughs> I I, I really don't. I I don't really know how, how good Carlisle is, but because even though we absolutely whooped them last year, they never update any of their stats on Max Preps. Great site, and so I have no idea how good they are, especially after this game. <laughs> yeah, this is this is just a uh, can't say much about this without getting further into the season and hopefully getting more yeah. updates. Um, Mechanicsburg might have just gone into this game with, like, no sleep or something. <laughs> so. Yeah. Moving on. More mid-pen teams losing. Uh, Mannheim Township beat City East 17-10. Um, Mannheim Township, another playoff team, beating another... where One of our... This is sort of like the Cumberland Valley game where it's like... It seems like everyone in the mid-pen lost everyone on their team except for State College right now. <laughs> and they're yeah. really feeling it. I guess Central Although, Dauphin is the exception. At least, I mean, I got to say, though, Central Dauphin East did not have the best team last year. And I think for them, at least, if Manheim Township is anywhere close as good as they were last year, then only losing 17-10 to them is a bit of an accomplishment. Yeah. So the fact that they kept it close against a playoff team considering their success last year, you know, that's good. So, a little bit of props to the mid-pen there, but still not... I mean, yeah. it's not a win, the fact of the matter is. It's, it's, it's going in the out column, so... But at least it was not a blowout, you know? At least yeah. it wasn't like... They kept it close 37 to 6 or something. Their offense has got to improve. Uh, and that's it, really, for our game... Reviews. Uh, yeah, these are just some of the bigger ones, of course. Football starting all across the country, but, you know. Except for St. Augustine. They got to wait a week <laughs> <laughs> for us. <laughs> that That's something that we might not take into effect until it really hits us on game days. That this team has been preparing for us all year, not for any other team. So, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But, the game review, as we move into really talking about a game that was kind of an exercise in futility a little bit just like it was... oh, we'll go out there and we'll we'll play around a little bit and then we'll throw a bomb to Cohen Russell and then we'll hit Ke- Keaton Ellis we'll just run around you and then the game will be over oh and don't forget about <laughs> Ke- or Cohen Russell also running around you and um, Isaiah Edwards also running around you yeah. and uh, a lot Mike of running Maniac around. also running around you and Conrad Moore also. I mean, yeah, you get the point. To, to set the scene, if you weren't there, but you probably were there, except for me, I wasn't there. But the crowd was frenzied. I saw pictures. Um, and I gotta it looked, say, it looked like a sellout to and me. I, I gotta say, Mifflin County, they travel very well, considering the fact that they're only basically down the road from us. The away stands were completely packed, and they were on their feet, and they were pretty loud. Yep. So, it's a bit of a shame they had to come out here for such a whooping. Yep, but... They and I did. gotta say, <laughs> after the first... It wasn't much of a whooping, but, like, it would have been a whooping. I gotta say, so, in case you guys don't know, the score was 35-12. If you don't know, I'm not sure why you're listening to this podcast, but there you go. Um, If you do know, but you didn't see the game, which I'm sure a lot of you fall in that boat... That was me. <laughs> the score is actually not very indicative whatsoever of how the game went because State College... The game was over com- with the, four minutes left in well, the second quarter. Not even that. Like, State College completely dominated the line of scrimmage. I mean, they really complete... They, meaning Mifflin County, just straight up struggled to get their running game going and they're a running first team. Um, more A little more of a traditional offense... Our defensive line was dominating them throughout the entire game, and that includes, you know, even late in the third and fourth quarters when we had a lot of subs in. Our offensive line was creating holes large enough that if I was still seven years old, I could have wheelchaired through. I mean, yeah. it was pretty ugly. <laughs> yeah. Well, go, yeah, going going into the game, really, Mifflin County looked like they had a chance after the after we missed the field goal. And that was it, because Mifflin County goes goes on a four and out basically. I'm I'm yeah. guessing yeah. right now. Yeah. But they... oh, and on that four and out, 
afterwards. Yes. <laughs> um, this was probably the most frustrating element of the game. This is it's the infamous. only bad thing that really happened during the game was these things. Yeah. So, um, basically, we go on an opening drive, go all the way down to, I believe, the 26-yard line, miss a field goal. There was plenty of leg under it. It went wide left, if I remember correctly. Um, and then after that, gave the ball back to Mifflin County. They went basically nowhere with it. Like Nathan said, it was a fourth and out. Punted it away right into the arms of Cone Russell. Now, the interesting thing, if you watch this play, he was covered extremely well. <laughs> I mean, there was a Mifflin County player probably about as far away from hit Cohen as I'm sitting to Nathan right now. And he stood absolutely no chance. <laughs> I mean, you guys know Cohen, second fastest kid in the state. He was able to run outside that dude in about three seconds flat. There was a couple people that had angles on him down the line. Um, he took it on the left side of the field, uh, worked his way over to the right, and down the sidelines and right into the end zone. Unfortunately, uh, it was called back for a block in the back. Which is a real shame. Bye. Okay. So um, we can't we can't say the name. Yeah, we're not gonna re- we're not gonna <laughs> call out who committed penalties because we believe in second chances at the State College Football Podcast. But anyways, so we get a punt return call back for a touchdown. Um, real shame, you know. Mifflin County fans were loving it, of course. And I gotta say, if if you were watching the game or you saw some of the tape, it was a pretty egregious block in the back. Um, the offending party basically put a Mifflin County defender. It was pretty dumb. It was pretty dumb. Yeah. The- so, you know, it was a it was a very deserved penalty. You know, they did the the refs made the right call, but it was definitely disappointing. Yep. Um. It it really didn't affect the game, but in a different game, especially the game this week, it, penalties like that are gonna kill you. Yeah. And before we, um, get into the rest of the game, um. I want to talk about the penalties a little bit because that's one of the things that stood out to me in terms of State College this game. And we know it's early in the season, but there was really some... Let's just put it this way. As Nathan said, if we were playing St. Augustine, there would have been no room for any of this stuff. Um, A little later, I think it was... If I'm remembering correctly, it was on Mifflin County's next drive. They punted again, and Keaton Ellis took it and ran it into the end zone for a touchdown, and it got called back for holding. So, if you want, you can add 14 points to State College's score, and on maybe another Friday my night... My prediction would have been closer. Yeah, on another Friday <laughs> night, it could have easily been a different score, but that one got called back as well. And um, But not only that, um, there was an unsportsmanlike conduct for taunting... That was pretty egregious. The crowd was fired up about that. The Mifflin County crowd, of course. Um, there was a roughing the passer that, unfortunately, I didn't see it. I was taking some notes at the time, but I heard it was rough. Um, unfortunately, our player did seem to get injured on this play. Uh, we're not really sure how bad it is. Um, it didn't. He was able to walk off the field on his own, but you know he was holding his arm a little and hunched over yeah. a bit. So. I'm not sure how bad the penalty was. I'm not sure how egregious it was, but you know, obviously there was some element of sloppiness to it. Then there was also calls for uh, hands to the face, more another holding. There was the block in the back. So really, just a yeah. lot of 15-yard penalties that result in first downs, and I mean, just some sloppy work out there. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, that's the most concerning thing about that game. Yeah. You know. You're not if you're for state that. college, that's the only takeaway you come out of this with. If you want, if you want to stay, stay competitive, not let this get to your head, get to your head, you look at this and you say, "Well, we could have been up by a lot more way earlier," and yeah. we need, we we need to fix that. And we're not saying that because we want to see Mifflin County get killed every time. No, we're saying that because. You to can't, see a you better football a, team. You can't have two re- punt return touchdowns called back. Yeah, that's, that's just nuts. that's tough. That's tough. So and you just this was probably one of the only games on our schedule that we could afford to do that. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be a problem. You know, 
a state college doesn't usually have problems with discipline. So, you know, you can call it what you want. You can call it, you know, first practice or first game sloppiness. You know, it might be a different story in November. But it's definitely something that we have to be watching out for. Yeah. So, yeah. We we beat them pretty bad, but penalties like that are going to cost you. Mo- moving on. Um, we're Usually right now we do like a review of the game, but it's pretty cut and dry. We scored a lot of touchdowns. We did great on defense. We don't really have to go through drive by drive. But yeah. we will we will go through position by position, see which guys stood out. And starting at quarterback, Tommy Freiberg w- looked really, really good. Uh, I think his, his passer rating was 156.0. I think that was a little bit padded by the Cone Russell pass. <laughs> but that's still really nice. Isn't I, I'm not sure. Isn't a perfect 160? I I really don't I'll, know. I'll I'm Google not, that. Right I'm now. not familiar with the the high end of quarterback rating. But um, one the perfect passer rating is 158.3. So he oh, was wow. 2.3 away from being a perfect quarterback. Yeah. So. He, he That's was as good, good as it gets. Yeah. And I think those those two points might have come from, I know early in the game, he had a couple of balls that were, you know, a little out there. Our receivers couldn't quite get to. Um, he missed a touchdown, at, you know, deep in the end zone to Cohen Russell because he overthrew him. But, you know, that was early in the first quarter. And, you know, by halfway through the first quarter, he was really yeah. firing on all cylinders, looking like the Tommy Freiburg we know and love. Yeah, he, he looked really, really good. Uh, moving through all the rest of the quarterbacks, because we saw two others. Uh, Jaden Sider, a name we hadn't really talked about at all because we didn't know he was on the team because he just moved in here. His dad is the running backs coach at Penn State. Um, going again with Conrad Moore, um, I think it's pretty cool to see Conrad in the game. Because we were expecting a lot out of him, really. And I gotta from say, from podcast one, he uh, he delivered. He delivered. I mean, the the biggest thing that I was impressed with him last year, you know, he has a good arm, he has good vision, but I'll tell you, he is just a really, really tough kid. Yeah. And that showed up because, I mean, I mean, there's a I, there's a definite can, discussion where somebody's gonna have next year about him being starter. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think he has an extremely good shot at being the star next year. Just watching him pull two or three Mifflin County secondary guys on his back, dragging him a couple yards before being taken down, you know, busting yeah. tackles, that, running at hard. At the same time, he's going against Mifflin County, like, backups and third stringers. Yeah. So, but, but it's still he, pretty cool. But he is a sophomore this year. He was a freshman last year. So when you consider that, the fact that he's going up against backups isn't is – Yep. Still impressive. So I I was just as impressed with Conrad as I hope to be. I'm still so excited to see where he is next yeah. year. It's going to be awesome. Uh, moving on to the running backs, Isaiah Edwards was pretty awesome. But I guess what we didn't see from him, which we'll probably see from him in future games, we didn't see that breakout rush where when we saw him in the slot last year, he would just... He would play like one third of the plays. He'd come in first play. He'd just break one, yeah. and he did that a couple times against Holidaysburg. Uh, I remember, um, but he, he's still he's still he's probably still adjusting to moving the tailback. Yeah, but I and he, he, he got, looked really well. He had some great rushes. I mean, yeah, you know, 10, 20 yard rushes. Yeah, not to and, take anything away. And from. a pair of touchdowns, which you know you can't discount. Yeah. Um, the first one was a three-yard rush, if I remember correctly, right at the end of the, there, you know, right at the end of the end zone. Just he, he had popped two. It in. He had two rushing touchdowns within ten yards. So yeah. Uh, moving into the receivers. Oh, yeah. one last thing. Oh yeah. Mike Maniak played as well. He was looking sharp. Showed a little bit of his yeah. speed, a little bit of his resilience. Was able to break it up some at the end of the game. Kyle Domico was in there too. Yeah, so we saw we saw plenty of backups. They all had success against Mifflin County, which of course, you know, Mifflin County secondary and their linebacker core is less than stellar. But we gotta give them props anyway. So yep. good job. Receivers, I think 
Keaton Ellis was way better, at least for me, than I thought he would be at receiver. I think he was really, really, really good. And he he he's six foot. He's six foot, which isn't your, like, average receiver height. It's a little bit shorter, but he was really, really good. Oh, yeah. And that's and something to really... Cohen, of course, was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Cohen, I mean, Cohen was good. No one could catch him. No one could cover him. Jeremy Bullock was active yep. as a receiving option. Um, I don't remember how Jackson Edwards did. I don't... If I remember... I don't think Jackson Edwards had any... Receptions? Any major receptions. Okay. No. Um, but one of the most interesting... Well, also, one last thing before we move on to this little bit of a surprise. But um, I do want to mention that... Um, let's see here. Chase Longenecker had a couple of nice receptions, yeah. too. I think he had a couple of first downs. So he was playing at wide out. That's good to see. You know, we've been talking about him a little bit in the preseason. Seems to be doing pretty well in wide out this yeah. game. He didn't have a major, major impact, but he was out there and he was active. It's nice to see ad receiver we're getting a lot of options, which is something we didn't think we would have a couple months ago. Yeah. Which which is just helpful for our team because that's really that that's what we thought was our only weakness on the offense and now it turns out it's a strength. So, yeah. Super awesome. <laughs> but I got to say the most fun and exciting part of the receiving, well, Okay. I don't know if I can say that considering that Cohen and Keaton were playing. But one of the most interesting, I'll say, um, receivers that played was actually Brady Dorner. So, I'll be honest. I was not expecting this. Um, I don't know if you were, but... I wasn't expecting it, but I wouldn't be. Su- I wouldn't have been surprised if it happened. Yeah, and I wasn't I'd surprised. agree. I'd agree. Um, you know, he, he's still not got that huge height, but... They're finding a you know ways to play yeah. him. Think Tommy Stevens style, basically. Yeah. Um. It was really interesting. Um. They ran two of the same plays with Dorner up up the right seam. Um. Cider to Dorner. So we we got several first downs from you know a backup quarterback passing to a backup quarterback, which is yeah. pretty interesting. Yep. Uh. Receivers are just all around pretty good. Uh. I probably. This is just a little nitpick. I would love to see the tight ends probably worked in a little bit more um, because I know that's, a, slash that's a serious... Is... But you can't throw to everyone and hand off to everyone. Yeah. And, and that this team has so many strengths, and I'm just like, I want to see all the strengths, but yeah. some, sometimes we're not going to see all the strengths. So And, of course, tight ends and H-backs because we know they love to use that H-back yeah. formation with Jeremy Bullock and Nathan Luskin there. Yeah. Moving on to the offensive line, which... I looked back at the film and I was like, "Did Shane Cole really play the whole game?" There was like, "This is so." I guess it's controversial, but Shane Cole went in there for like the first two drives as a starter, and it was some, and it was on the left side, which is something we did not expect at all. Yeah, I and, when I saw his number out there, I was like, "Hey, oh. that's interesting," because you know we we really thought James Pone was going to be out there starting it. Yeah. On the left side for all the games this year. He started there all Pone the game played, last games last year. He's been really yeah. sharp. And James Pone played the majority of this game, at least when it wasn't in garbage time at left tackle. Yeah. But he didn't start and he didn't play the first two drives. Which is interesting. Yeah. Um I don't know if they're just trying to build a little more depth. I think the coaches probably went into this game knowing that it wasn't going to be as close to some of the other games in the schedule. So, you know, we know that Shane Cole and um I think right now you're Pone seeing talented. James Pone is definitely left tackle. Addison Darcy is definitely right tackle. Before we thought Shane Cole was also definitely right tackle, but now Shane Cole can be that platoon guy basically. He can move from yeah. tackle to tackle whichever guy needs a break, which is something the team needed basically and he fits the role perfectly yeah a little more of a diverse player i guess i guess we're a little bit confused why he started the game but hey we trust the coaches it worked certainly worked and it's good to see him getting some playing time yeah and he he looked pretty good on those first oh yeah yeah so He, he was making his blocks he was getting off the ball quickly um 
And then the rest of the offensive line was pretty much as you'd expect. You had got Van Horn, uh, left I think, guard. I think the best thing about the guards on this team is if you don't notice them. Because <laughs> look, looking back at the film, I was like, where's Adam Van Horn? Is he in the game? Oh, he is in the game. He just made that awesome block, and I just didn't see it because I was looking at all the this skill player and this skill player. Yeah. So the best thing about the offensive line is if you don't pay attention to them at all on this team. And I think they're set up that way. And we're saying that because when the offensive line is bad, you pay attention. Because you're like, yeah. oh, no, he messed up, lock. Uh, uh. With this state high team, you know, they're subtle. <laughs> and they're subtly good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Van yeah. Horn, left guard. Uh, Cameron at center. That Both of those are pretty much as expected. Ramsey Kiflo at right guard. That's pretty much as yeah. expected. And then Addison Darcy. On the right. Yep. Far uh, right. Moving into the defense, I think the only way we can talk about this defense is as a, as a whole, because everybody on the defense was just awesome. Oh yeah, and <laughs> um, one one thing of interest, um, my my dad was saying that they were he was like oh you know they're having a little bit of trouble containing the outside in the first couple drives. And that was true. You know, you saw Mifflin County was actually able to get some running going yeah. on the outsides. And that's why they were able to pick up the first couple first downs. That gave them a little bit of hope in the first the first quarter. When when you lose Cole Arbus, that's probably yeah, going to happen. Yeah, he, he went out of the game um, real early in the first quarter. Um, it was a little alarming. They did not stop the game, so that was a good sign. And uh, I actually talked to some people, and so we have unofficial confirmation that it was cramps. Um, I saw him later in the game on the sideline with his helmet off, hanging out. He was standing. He looked good. So just kind of a fluke. And after that, there was a little bit of problems with the containment, but, you know, the backup settled in real well, and we really, truly did dominate for the rest of the game. The defensive tackles... On the radio, they were just gushing about Addison Darcy's so good, Jeremy Thompson so good, Titus Thompson so good. We oh, even yeah. saw Jeremy Thompson move from defensive tackle to linebacker. Which when was is, when? When do you see that in football? Yeah. So, it and was, then the defensive um, tackles were were really destructive. Yeah, they 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 ended up having Jeremy Thompson out at linebacker, and they brought um, Nastasi in a defensive end. So. That that's how they shifted up a bit, and despite that, despite the fact that there was a little bit of surprise, a little bit of shifting around, you know, a little more flexibility than we expected, they performed just as well as you'd like. Yeah. So defense and offense really played well. There's there when you when you come out of the second half, thirty-five nothing, and other team has no chance. That's that's pretty good for your team. Oh yeah. When you're subbing out with half the second quarter left, that's pretty good. Um, I guess we this game was kind of a preseason game, to be honest, because it's a week zero game. We didn't play a scrimmage. Um, all the other teams played scrimmage. Mifflin County played Tyrone in a scrimmage. Um, this was kind of our scrimmage. Well, I kind wouldn't of. say I wouldn't kind s- of like if if you look at an NFL preseason well, okay. game we probably wouldn't intend well, here's the thing though we have we have an even better comparison cuz in college we know that you know big universities like Penn State and Virginia Tech always play relatively obscure well not a team that's not the best to start out the season yeah and the other thing is i mean but you're not this is kind of like this is kind of the, the second sec- this is kind of the secondary um rivalry week as well I mean, Altoona and Hollisburg, their rivals, you know, stuff like that. And even if a lot of us don't consider it, the fact of the matter is that State College and Mifflin County are technically rivals of the Seven Mountains bucket. So even though they're not as competitive, you know, it makes sense that we're playing them here. Yeah. Not only for the fact that they're not as good of a team, but it just works all around. I guess the question would be, would you rather play Mifflin County for that rivalry and crush them, or would you rather play a team like Mannheim Township or a team like IMG Academy or somebody that you're not really sure if they're gonna beat you? You're like, well, if it's we, IMG, you're pretty sure they're gonna beat they're, you. <laughs> you're pretty sure, they're gonna, but you're not sure if you're gonna crush them. What? 
Play play a team that you're not sure that you'll crush. Okay, yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. At least have a little bit of... Yeah, like, Altoona goes out and plays the rival, and they get crushed. But we're, we're also playing Hollisburg, so... But you go out and you play, like, Pine Richland first game. It, it, you get a great game, and your starters play the whole thing, and you get a kind of a gauge where you'll end up at the end. Yeah, although, to be fair, I don't think most people want to see that game now. They want to see it in November. Yeah. So. And yeah. we probably will have to see it in November. So. I hope so. It's going to be a lot of fun if we do. I'm excited for it. You know, win or loss, it's going to be a heck of a game. But before we start thinking about November, let's start thinking about the day before September. August 31st, we travel four-ish, five-ish hours to Richland, New Jersey, where we play a St. Augustine Prep. A team that little information is known, but we scrounged some up for you. We went through some film, we went through their roster, um, and we're going to preview them right now. So, going at previous year's results, they went 5-5 five and five last year, I believe. Um, they went 5-5, five and five. they went 2-2 two and two at home and 3-3 three and three on the road. So, Although that was with an extremely difficult schedule. Yeah. A regiment of New Jersey private schools. New yeah. Jersey is a very, very solid football state. So, you know, they lost five games, but as we've been saying for pretty much this entire podcast, this is probably going to be one of the toughest, if not the toughest game, of our regular season. Yeah. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting. Let's just say that. Yeah. I can see this game. I could see them blowing us out. I could see us blowing them out, and I could see it close. Oh yeah, it, I could see it. Any of those. It could. It could really go any way, and that's what's exciting and a little bit scary about this. We really don't have that much expectation for anything. I mean, we know that we're good. We know that they're probably pretty good too. So, you know, who knows what could happen? Yeah. Uh... Like, they go, they play, like, a team like Atlantic City or Bridgeton or Egg Harbor Township last year. All very good teams, and they beat them easily. But then they get blown out at the end of the year by Bergen Catholic, which Bergen Catholic is a very, very, very good team. They're the St. Joseph's of New Jersey, basically. Yeah. Um, but the, the, there's not a lot of consistency when you look at their schedule from last year. Um, and I, I don't know if that'll bleed into this year or not. Again, same has to be said. They are, they have been preparing for us for the last couple months. Yeah. We were preparing for Mifflin County. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that, that, that works, I guess. So. Yeah. Go, going into their positions, they return their starting quarterback from last year, Chris Allen, number two. Uh, he had a quarterback rating of 76.9 last year, but averaged about 13.2 yards per pass, which is a very pretty good average. Yeah, that's that's high. That's uh, definitely high. Had 1,200 yards. Um, th- this is a passing team with a really good running back, I think. Um, they have a good quarterback who's entering his senior year. They have two good running backs, which have interesting names. Um, Sincere Rhea and True Robinson. Um, And I think if we contain their quarterback, if we contain the running backs, we should be pretty good in this game. And that is, if there's any crew from State College that could do it, it's our defensive line. Yeah. Because I got to say, like we've been talking about, Darcy's looking sharp, Urbis was looking sharp before he left. Hopefully he'll be back if it's just cramps. We'll see him back. If not, you know, we've got people to back him up. We're not quite as deep a defensive end as we'd like, but you really can't complain with how good this team is this year. So I don't think our defense will have too much of a problem containing them unless they really are at a different level than we are. Yeah. Which I'm not convinced that they are by any means. And um, I guess one problem you have with recruiting players in this problem we don't have to deal with but St. Augustine had to deal with over the offseason was Patrick Smith 
a freshman last year for them, who was also their leading rusher, moved to Holy Spirit, another Catholic school, which they actually lost to last season. So, <laughs> we, don't, we, won't have there, to deal with, sure. we won't have to deal with a three-headed running back monster. We'll only have to deal with two really pretty good running backs. Yeah. Which, I think Patrick Smith was a lot... I think there, he was a lot better than the other two. So, the, it, it's less of a problem for our defense. If we had to face Hopefully. all three of those Hopefully. guys... This this would be a much scarier conversation we'd be having right now. Yeah. yeah. Um. They re- they return two or three wide receivers. There's one guy on the roster which I couldn't confirm if he had left the team or not because he wasn't on the roster. But if you clicked on his himself, he was listed still on the team. But that one guy had 254 pat- yards last year. Um. They're losing. Over 900 yards uh, as seniors, as wide receivers. Um, that's a lot of yards that you're going to have to make up. And they, behind those two guys, they have three guys that were probably just as experienced. They just didn't have as many yards. Um, Jaden Decoto, Justin Shorter, and Bevilacqua. <laughs> I can't Be- pronounce Bevilacqua. Yeah. So... Those three guys will probably be a threat, but I, I don't. Yeah, they're it just depends they're two, how they look with more reps. They're two, they didn't get a lot of reps last year. Their two top receivers are leaving as seniors, so like yeah. we said, that's good. Um, actually, their number three guy is a true freshman, so well, was a true freshman last year, so that's interesting. Yeah, and then we go into their defense. I think they have one good defensive lineman. And the rest of the defensive line is a mystery. And that defensive lineman is Isaiah Rakes, number 34. Um, Interior line has to contain him, I think, will be good. Uh, They're much like Mifflin County, their linebackers are the strength of their defense. They have two really good linebackers, Joe Bonchek and Shane Quast. Um... when you face a team with good middle linebackers, the one uh, solution to that is run a lot of jet sweeps, a lot of screens. And we saw that against Mifflin County, and it worked. Yeah, so, Keaton, <laughs> Keaton Ellis had a, I believe, 73-yard rushing touchdown for a jet sweep. So, And, and we're going uh, to a team that is reworking basically their secondary. Uh, so that should be good, I guess, for us. Um yeah, hopefully our wide receivers can cause some havoc in the yeah. secondary due to that. that you know, try that's to, a recipe for try success. To, try to make the linebackers, you know, keep them guessing, you know, get some success on the outside, get some success deep, try to stretch them, you know. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. And I think we have the versatility to do that. It just depends how the good players. these linebackers really are. Yeah. Because they look pretty darn good, but are they good enough to handle our threats? I mean, they looked pretty darn good when we were looking at the Mifflin County linebackers last week. So, it could end up like that or could end up a lot different. There's not a lot about St. Joe's or St. Augustine that uh, is public right now, but we're about to find out as we face them on Friday. Uh, we're, what do you think the score will be? And this is such a loaded question. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have any idea, first of all? I put the spread at State College favored by eight. I... Huh. I mean, honestly, I can't argue with anything you say because, like we said, this could be pretty much anywhere. Um, I do think State College is going to win. I feel like it's going to come down to a field goal. So... So you're picking St. Augustine against the spread. I'm yeah. I am also going to pick St. Augustine against the spread because they have some pretty good running backs, and if we contain them, this game will be over quickly, but they're, they're really, really good. So study on the film, guys. Uh, just if we contain their – their quarterback is also very good. Uh that's something that Mifflin County probably didn't have that this team does. 
This this is a very similar team to Mifflin County, just with better, more skill, at skill positions. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, I do think it's going to be close though. Yeah, and that means a fun game. Yep, it's going to be great to get back in the school year, get back in the football season on Labor Day weekend with a a real zinger out in New Jersey. Uh, other game predictions we will make for other teams in the PIAA. Uh, Williamsport is at Altoona. Williams Altoona is playing a heck of a non-conference schedule. Yeah, they they're played, really. I mean, they played Hollisburg, who obviously trounced them. They're playing Williamsport next, to just put a beat down on Central Mountain, as we talked about earlier. I really don't think you can. Yeah go with Altoona in this game. You the, just can't. Well, we're not picking straight outright. We're picking against the spread. So, well, And the spread I'm, is Williamsport favored by 21 points. Will you take Williamsport will cover, or are you going to take Altoona to come within 21? I, I, I cannot take Altoona in this. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, would also, I would agree with you. It, Williamsport looks like a strong team in Altoona. The, Altoona is a one-man band, at least right now. And that's Gage Hill. So, and he's a defensive tackle. If your one-man bans a defensive tackle, you're going to struggle. So, <laughs> That's true. That's true. If you're a linebacker, you can make it work. If you're a defensive end, maybe you can make it work. But on the inside, it's a lot of chaos in there. And if you don't have that structure around you, it's difficult. Another another game, much like the Altoona Williamsport game, is the Hollidaysburg is going to Muffin County. For Mifflin County's first home game, but Hollidaysburg is going to Mifflin County. They are favored by 28 points. I'm taking Hollidaysburg, 28 points, because I think they're a really, really good team. What do you think? <laughs> you know what? I j- might as well take Mifflin County for the heck of it. You know, maybe they learned something from Friday. I mean, night. we didn't beat them by 28 points. Exactly, and I think we certainly have a better team than Hollidaysburg. So maybe they play their starters longer, Hollidaysburg. If they do, there's a good chance they'll win by more than 28. But I'll take under just for the heck of it. Um, Central Dolphin is playing against Burks Catholic, who went to the semifinals for the 4A championship. And Central Dolphin also has a good team. I think this is going to be a fun game. I think Burks Catholic is way more talented, though. That's why I put the spread at Burks Catholic up favored by 17 points. Do you think Central Dolphin will come within 17, or do you think Burks Catholic will get above? I'm going above. You're going above. Yeah. Central Dolphin's lost so much talent. The real matchup in this game is Burks Catholic offense versus Central Dolphins defense is really really good. Oh yeah. And yeah. Don't underestimate their their offense, but their defense is just really 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 good. If Central Dolphin figures out how to put points on the board against a Catholic school defense, then I think they will cover. But mm-hmm. right now, I'm gonna take Burks Catholic with the points. Uh. Two very bad teams come up next, Chambersburg and Southwestern, who <laughs> we mentioned earlier lost to Gettysburg by a lot of points. Um, Chambersburg is favored by six points. <laughs> That's funny. That's this really game funny. could be 70 to 80, or it could be 6 to 3. It doesn't <laughs> matter, because these teams are not making the playoffs. I guess I'll take Chambersburg to cover, because it looks good on our schedule. Can't argue with that logic. <laughs> we're we're dis. I'm dissing on hot our Chambersburg today. So, <laughs> one thing we do love about Chambersburg though is their head coach. Yeah, he makes a good, fantastic dude. Yeah, uh, Harrisburg is trying to come off that Coatesville loss against Reading. Reading lost last week. Um, I put Harrisburg favored by eleven points. I yeah, I probably shouldn't have put that there. Eleven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three field goals and a safety, and Harrisburg wins the game. Well, it's not about that. It's like, well, if you score 14 oh, or if I you know, score I know, I know. I understand yeah. the concept. I just, it's a funny number for football. Yeah. Uh, My dad still says that the worst football game he's ever seen in his entire life is when um, Iowa lost, or Iowa beat Penn State 
believe it was uh, four to two. Which is That's just a fun a, game, though. Which is just terrible. <laughs> That's almost as bad as Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, 0-0 after regulation. I was at yeah. that game in person. It was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're just sitting there That's... like the third quarter, and we're like, is anybody going to score? That's Big no? Ten football for you. <laughs> no, nobody's going to score? Okay. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Harrisburg and Reading. I think Reading will cover... This will be a close game, probably, even though Reading lost last week. Reading has their home opener. Uh, I'll take what Reading. Why not? I don't like Harrisburg. Uh, just to make things interesting, I'll take Harrisburg. All right. I think they have enough talent. They have enough raw athleticism that I've seen over the last couple years, even when they haven't had the best team. They can surprise you at any time, so I'll take Harrisburg. Next game, we're running out of time here, but Cumberland Valley at Central York. Central York lost to another team in York the week before. Cumberland Valley lost last week. Who do you pick? It is a pick em. So who do you think will win? Because I don't know anything about Central York, to be honest. Uh, I'll go for the homeboys. Yeah, Cumberland Valley, I guess. At, we're obviously biased, but... Yeah. <laughs> We also don't know anything about any other teams. so At least outside the mid-pen. If they're not a big-name team, or they're not in the big... Uh, oh my gosh, Big Ten. Uh, it's almost called football season, guys. Not in the mid-pen. <laughs> mid-pen and Big Ten, they run. Anyways, we probably don't know a ton about them, especially if they're not 6A. So. And this is us before school starts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the big game... Everybody was looking to the Pine Richland game last week, and everybody's looking to the Pine Richland game this week. And they will play Hempfield area, a very good team. Uh, they're favored by seven points. A touchdown. Do you think they will either lose to Hempfield, or Hempfield will cover, or Pine Richland will cover? Um, I'm picking Hempfield to cover. But you don't think they will win? I think they will win. I'm picking them to cover and win. <laughs> I am picking them to cover at least. I'm not at the win stage yet. This is going to be a close game. If Phil... Yeah. I guess the number one thing everybody's saying about Pine Rush in this year is, if Phil Dracovic was there, what would they do? Because they're such a young team it's right now. the same thing that everyone's saying about Penn State. If Barkley were there, what would they do? What would they do without Barkley and Moorhead and Deshaun Hamilton and all those guys? Similar thing for Pine Richland. So. Yeah. I, I'm going to take Hempfield area to cover. I don't think they're going to win outright. Pine Richland, it, although not as experienced as they were last year, they are still very, very talented. And I think they will win that game. Uh, but not cover. All right. So we'll move into our predictions before we plug ourselves. What is your prediction? Because I need to think of mine. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> my prediction is, well, you know, I'll just make it an easy one. I predicted this already earlier in the podcast. I predict that State College is going to win by a field goal or less at All right. Augustine. I predict, because this is our first road trip, I predict that we will either stop at a Applebee's or a Buffalo Wild Wings on the <laughs> way to the game. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and if we don't stop at either one of those places, I lose. So, hopefully Fair we enough. stop at one of those places because they're good places. So. Hopefully both of our predictions come true because yeah. that would make us very happy. Yeah. All right. So, you can follow me on Twitter. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nathan Grella on Twitter. <laughs> or you can follow me at NickHoss75, spelled H-A-U-S, by the way. You can email us at both of those emails just with add Gmail at the end. Yep. You can... <laughs> we make it easy for you guys. Yeah. Uh, you can... If you're listening to this podcast, whether it is on Western PA Football, whether it is on Apple Podcasts, whether it's on CastBox, which we like you to listen to, but it's okay if you don't, um, there's a link to our website. Go check it out. We have all the podcasts posted there. Yeah. We've got rosters. Articles. All fun, kinds of stuff. Fun stuff. I've been working on that set a lot lately. So it actually looks 
relatively nice now. Although, now that we're with Western PI football, not, not as many people are going there for the articles, but it's still pretty cool. Um, Western PI football review, go check out all the articles we're posting there. I will make sure to retweet them. Uh, this this should be posted on a Western BF football review, so yeah, we're gonna f- we're click gonna around that site. Up. Yeah, yeah, explore, look into some areas of football that you're not familiar with. Check out some different conferences, find something new. If you ha- if you have a question, send it to us because we're we're gonna answer it because we're not getting any questions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we will. Please, if you send s- us questions, please. If you send us a question. We will respond if you send in a question in time for the next podcast to come out. We will directly answer on air. If if even if it's not a question, if you just want to say you want a green shirt, if you want to say you want Addison's mom on the podcast, if you want to say that you like chicken wings as your favorite meat, just email us, please, please. <laughs> we need the attention. But yeah, just just do it. Just and do it. Ending on that pathetic cry for hope. Help, please. (laughs) Medic. This has been the State College Football Podcast, and we'll see you next week. Go Little Lions.